And welcome back to Thoughts of the Roundtable with me, Matt Rebar. And me, Paul Lux. And we're here for a little quick check-in slash back to our old school format of when Paul would bring you the news, I would bring you advice, and uh, we're going to just jump right into it. Why not, Paul? So, Paul, take it away. Yeah, so this is one of my, I think one of my hidden talents, and I don't even know if it's hidden at this point, is finding the most obscure and just, it all started when I wanted to do Florida Man stuff. Remember, I was really into Florida Man for a while. You had an obsession with Florida Man that it, it could not even be described. You were like so invested. Well, now I found out that I found all my weird, weird news stories pages. Mm-hmm. And um, so this this is one that I came across. And I now I don't want to be this old person, but I will say Uh-oh. this, that I, I want to be I want to be this kind of old person where you just care so little mm-hmm. that you just you just don't give a crap about anything anymore. Uh-huh. So there's this woman in a hospital and obviously hospitals are kind of, you know, you know, busier nowadays um <laughs> because of covid and everything. Apologize yeah. for the stuff he knows by the way. Um and so have you ever been have you ever been to the hospital where they put like two people to a room? Okay, I thought you were about to say have you ever been to a hospital and I'm like, uh yeah. But yeah, here's the thing about dorms and hospital rooms with the two to a room i would rather have a smaller room by myself than share a room especially like in a hospital like a hospital. what if the person next to you has yellow fever and then you're like well here you are go here you are with gladys well i'm pretty sure they don't do that i'm pretty I mean, sure that's extreme like, but you know what i mean i'm pre- like what i always hated was is like people like i i injured my knee once and it swole up and they put me in a room and I was just like, I was screaming in pain. And this poor person next to me who probably just had like a sprained wrist was like, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> um, but anyways, so it was this, it was the same situation where there was, it was uh, two older people. All right. In this room, one of whom was on oxygen. All right. Mm-hmm. And was considered a life saving measure. If this person had to be an oxygen. Yeah. The eight, the 80 year old woman was arrested oh who was uh, who's also in the room not the woman on the mm-hmm. oxygen but the 80 year old woman who was also in the room because she kept going over and turning the person's oxygen off because she said it sounded too noisy oh and so they told, i i did hear this oh my god continue oh they my told, god she did this three times she just kept getting up and unplugging the person's oxygen tank that was you know they were intubated with yeah and just oh. kept doing it over and over until they had to arrest the woman. That is, I I just can't imagine living that kind of life where you're like that oxygen tank that's keeping someone alive is so annoying. I'm going to have to go and shut it off and kill them. Like, that's what she, that's what is going through their minds, right? She, yeah, she just did not care. She basically thought it's like, well, this thing's too noisy. I'm going to turn it off. it's like very reminiscent of like when you're in college and you're like like stop you know turn down the music or like you know the annoying kind of like you know roommate Uh slash you know thin walls you know apartment next door kind of thing but like this is a whole new level i just (laughs) imagine being that person too like you're like snorting that oxygen you know you're all quiet by yourself and you're like Because you're not getting and your you oxygen. Just see, you, you, you just see Mary Beth Gertrude get up and, you know, wheel <laughs> herself over and just, boom. And the last thing you see is just pulling Turn that noisy oxygen meter off. 
I know you, you know that lady too. She's a Karen. You know, back before she was in a nursing home, she was, you know, raising hell over expired coupons. And, you know, when there was like, you know, minorities in the neighborhood, she'd complain. She probably, you know, had a gay grandson that she yelled at. I mean, this woman's probably a menace. I think it's fair to say. Um. Oh, yeah. And have you have you ever been to I, I like just been been around a bunch of old people who just they hate, just don't care anymore. They just hate everything. And there's part of that I can kind of appreciate. You've just seen so much in life. You just don't, don't care anymore. But you also don't unplug people's oxygen. So there's also that. But isn't it weird? Like some of these old people don't care, but then really do care. Like you think at that point, like you wouldn't really care, but you still are like caring about like what the kids are wearing or what the kids are doing. And like, you know, I, I, th- I think I think old people get triggered more than anybody else I've ever 100%. known in my life. Like younger people, like millennials, Gen Z, even Gen X to a degree, like they just want to just live their life and move yeah. on. But man, these old people, they get tripped up by the tiniest, tiniest things. Tiny. And then and then say, uh, we're the snowflakes. First of all, I would love to be a snowflake because they just peacefully dance. You know, they land softly. <laughs> do you know how much running around I do? I don't peacefully dance and land softly anywhere. If anything, I'm like a rock just falling from the sky on repeat over and over. I wish I was a snowflake. I oh. will admit to you, though, I, I haven't seen any Karens this holiday season. Have you? I'm trying to think. Have I seen Karens this holiday season? Um, hmm. <laughs> now that Black Friday is kind of, you know, DOA, mm-hmm. I think... You're going to see a lot less of that in the holidays, thankfully. Oh, man. Every year I, I love, hate, watch those videos of the Black Friday door door opening <laughs> when people are, like, ripping pallets apart. Oh, my God. You know, it was funny. I just had a conversation with my friend Monica about we were talking about, like, that early 2000s time, you know, was just so insane. You know, because well, this, I... this speaks to, like, the Black Friday, right? Like, But, like, you had that VH1 MTV reality show culture and, like – Almost, it felt like we were all on lead poisoning or something, well, didn't it? I, yeah, well, I remember Black Friday and catch, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember it really, really getting huge, like early 2000s, like two, four, five, six, seven, eight, that range. Like that's when it was like peak Black Friday because I feel like then that's when that it first started, like the door bust at three in the morning. Well, it used to just be sick. I remember. I guess I don't remember what it was like before this, <clears throat> but I vividly remember like 2004, five, six, everything opened at 6am. That was oh, the yeah. thing. See, you picked your one store you went to, to bust in at 6am and there was no, there was no routine to it. There was no direction. There was no, and then things like also to be next year was four. And then all of a sudden it was three and then it was midnight. And then it's, everything's online and it's gone now. But, I remember, and I've mentioned it on this podcast before, how one year I was like, I'm going to do the craziest one of all and do Best Buy at 6 a.m. And I saw this old guy just fall. He gets in the door and just falls. <gasps> oh. And so what the store employees did is just, they literally just put cones around him. Like, that was it. They were just like, we're just putting cones around you until help comes in an hour. Like, that's it. So it was just oh. old guy just sprawled out on the floor with just traffic cones around him. It just that was what it was like. It's just so funny to me because, like, I don't know. I, I When I was growing up, we didn't really do Black Friday either. And as an adult, like, and maybe now it's changed because it's all cyber, right? But, like, and I did indulge in a few kind of, quote, Black Friday purchases. But, like, 
if you were like, hey, this TV extra $10 off, be there at 6 a.m., I'm going to be at home sleeping with my fur blankets. Faux fur, but yeah, I'm not going out to Best Buy at 6 a.m. I, I don't care. You could literally say, uh, you know, th this is a gold camera for two bucks, but you got to be there at 6 a.m. and you got to fight 100 people and you might die. No, not worth it. Well, I used to be the guy who I wouldn't go out. I used to, the first couple of years, I would do just for the fun, but I'd come back with like <clears throat> one of the stupid, like, page 14 deals i require i got a yeah. deep fryer for 14 bucks like an mm -hmm. off-brand one like that's the kind of crap i get mm -hmm. oh i also love the people who would go for towels but now as an adult i actually kind of get that so hey listen i'm not gonna say no to towels but like <laughs> black friday towels like if you're gonna go at 6 a.m somewhere and get something isn't it for like something expensive or something worth it i i don't know towels at 6 a.m could not be me um <laughs> Well, should I transition over to a little advice before we go? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, this is a great question, and it comes with an update. Uh, should I take a great job working for someone I can't stand? Ooh. Do you have any initial Ooh. reactions to this? Should I take a job working for someone I can't stand? Should well, I take so a many... great job, great job working for someone that I can't stand? Any initial reaction before I go into no. it? No, okay. I would initial reaction is no, it's not worth <laughs> it. I've been there. There's a job opening up in my company that is a more specialist position compared to what I'm currently doing. While my company pays below industry standard for this position, it's something I'd be interested in and think I'd be good at. And more importantly, the industry average is about double what I currently make up to triple. Normally, I would jump at the opportunity and hope they hire me, but there's a catch. I can't stand the guy who manages the role. He's a crap boss. He's unbearable. He's not abusive. Um, I'm not an angry person, and it's hard to annoy me, but he definitely makes me the worst version of myself, and I currently don't deal with him much. I would only need to put up with his grandstanding, name-dropping, undermining, oversharing, limelight-stealing ways for two years or so before I could start applying for jobs that pay the industry minimum, and it would be a huge step up for me. But the additional pay for that two years wouldn't be much more than what I'm on, and for what it's worth, I like my current job, but I don't know if there's much future in it. Is there a rule of thumb for this type of dilemma? So, Allison, this is askamanager.org, which I think anyone, no matter where you work, this is a great website to use for advice on resume, but also workplace disputes. So, Allison says, two years is a really long time to be managed by someone you can't stand. You're talking about a huge impact on your quality of life for a substantial period of time. Um I'd also worry that he makes you the worst version of yourself. So if other people observe that, taking the job could actually end up doing more professional harm than good. I'd only seriously consider it if you could figure out a way to reframe the way you see him. You don't need to embrace having him as a boss, but if you're feeling active dread, I'd be wary of doing it. Um, yeah, two years. Imagine two years knowing going in, you don't like the boss. That. I couldn't do that. Well, the thing is, I, I've been in this situation multiple times, and it has worked literally zero times. Never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever do it. No matter how good the job is, if you have terrible management, I always people always say this. Well, I've heard this re recently mm -hmm. from a lot of people, and I quite enjoy it. People don't mm -hmm. leave the job; they leave the bosses, mm -hmm. and. If it's just going to make your life a living hell, it is no job is worth that. It's yeah. just not. Stay away. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a big part of whether you like your job is the people that you do. 
it with. You know, so like for example, I can think of past that's why this jump where, like what we're doing this podcast <laughs> the podcast we've been doing for almost four years this upcoming february paul <laughs> um no but you know what i mean like i think um you know you might be fine with the job or the work is okay but the people make it a little bit better or the work is great but the people kind of make it a little uh. um so i think this would be a hell no i mean even if they paid a billion times better you know it's just not worth it. Um, do you want the update? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess they took it, though. I am going to guess they took it. They applied for the job and took it. I don't. Reg- this is what the this is what the uh, the person says. I don't regret it at all. Your advice, and I think the most helpful commenter's advice, was to reframe how I see him. This was what led me to taking the job despite my reservations. I won't speculate. But the bad boss is no longer with the company, and I'm still in the job and enjoying myself. I've had far more harsh, unpleasant bosses in the past, but my assessment of him prior to taking the job was spot on. It's not that it wasn't difficult, but it was difficult in predictable ways, which made it fairly easy to not react nor take anything personally. But one of the biggest things that made a difference was that I had people in my corner who were also noticing the same things as me, so I never felt like I was going crazy. It also was useful to reframe everything. For instance, his attempts to steal the limelight seemed a bit sad. His tendency to go on about himself made him seem out of touch. Many other things I could laugh off and get on with it. It helped that I was enjoying the job otherwise. The biggest unexpected downside was the lack of direction. The job itself was complex, and having someone with a lot of experience who was willing or able to talk uh, it through with me would have helped, but there were times in hindsight where I was misled by him. But there are many people in my industry who share knowledge, so I wasn't adrift. Um... Thank you, everybody. I'd lean towards advising someone in my shoes to not take the job. Things might have worked out for me, but I was lucky to have support from others at my workplace. So they took a risk. It worked for them. But I I guess the key here is she sounds like she was able to reframe everything. Also, the person left. So there's that, too. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, I'm going to reframe. Two months later, they're gone. Um, I don't know. It's still, to me, not worth the risk. Mm-mm. It's not. I, I've been in that situation too many times, and it's just not worth the misery that that it, that can drift from it. So no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> That's a no from Paul and I. Well, <laughs> it's been a little bit of a mini-sode. Uh, before we go, anything else to add for the good of the order, Paul? No, I wanted to give a Twitter update, but again, nothing has really happened too much, except he – oh, I think we mentioned this last time. Um, we were going to do our little Twitter update Trump's account was was it us un desuspended or revived? it was, but Trump was like, I'm not coming back, right? Yeah, oh yes, <laughs> yes. So um, but Kanye did get officially nixed, so that's gone. Well, here's the best part. Kanye didn't get banned for the Swastika imagery. He got banned for like doing that and then attacking Elon Musk, which was really funny. They were like yeah. olive branch, uh weird enough. If- if there's one thing that will get you banned on Twitter nowadays, it's imitating Elon Musk. Apparently, you can't handle that one. Listen, on Twitter, you can be hateful. You can be prejudicial. You can have false information, false news. But don't you dare come for Elon Musk because you'll get banned. Literally. It's so ridiculous. It's like, I mean, especially because he's toting free speech. Uh, and right. I, can't, I can't stand when people say free speech and then do the complete opposite of that. Um, oh, God. 
All right. Well, hey, we're going to keep watching Twitter. We have some holiday surprises happening now and upcoming. So stick around for that. We're going to have actually, I think, a decently busy December here on Thoughts of the Roundtable. So, oh, yeah. We got we got it going on. I know. I think some people are going to be surprised to see actual weekly updates in December. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll check out next time. And uh, peace out. Later. Later.